0: There's so many coaches uh, out there that have really pioneered the running power revolution and, and have really pushed it to, to where we are now. And so we're 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 continuing to follow that model. That traff on so one hundred and forty three.
1: Hey what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and on today's episode I interview Matt Bevel from Stride, the running power meter company in Colorado and we talk about a lot of things related to running with power that we haven't really discussed that much before in previous interviews so, among other things, we discuss uh, race planning and execution with power. We discuss uh, leg spring stiffness and how it can be used to to identify fatigue and potentially even prevent injuries. We also talk about uh, running at the right intensity, not just the right zone. And we get into some uh, uh, topic on muscular endurance training with power, and specifically using hills and quantifiable hill training. So those are some of the things, and then we also, by the way, we talk about the future of Running With Power, what's coming up, what news are, or what developments are Stride working on at the moment. So we'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, First, I want to remind you that uh, the giveaway that I talked about in previous episodes is still running until the 26th of August, so a few days left to enter. That's on scientifictriathlon.com forward slash giveaway. And I'll link to it in the show notes and episode description as well. And as a reminder, you can win a whole lot of things from customized training plans uh, to uh, precision hydration products, uh, SwimSmooth Guru Pro subscriptions and uh, Exert premium subscriptions and a lot of books, great books handpicked by myself. So there's a ton of things. Just go to scientifictriathlon.com forward slash giveaway to participate and uh, please also share Uh, do the things uh, that will give you extra entries like sharing the podcast and that of course is is a massive help for for me and uh, i really appreciate it if you do that and good luck with your entering the giveaway so uh, yeah uh, keeping my fingers crossed for you so this episode is sponsored as usual by precision hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com And uh, that's where I highly recommend that you go if uh, you haven't yet sat down and made yourself a specific hydration plan for your next goal race. And especially if that goal race is a half or full distance Ironman uh, or half or full distance triathlon is the proper terminology, I believe. Or if you're doing a particularly hot race in, for example, at the Olympic distance. But uh, whatever your goal race is, you can take Precision Hydration's free online sweat test, which is a simple quiz of a few questions that takes a few minutes to complete and not only will you learn what electrolyte strength you should uh, you should consume in terms of your hydration but also how much of it you should consume and how often on the bike and on the run in those races whatever your goal, re- goal race distance may be so it's a uh, really a really good service and uh, and direct insight in basically you get a done for you hydration plan to add it to your race plan and your nutrition plan and all the other planning that you do and i'll link to that sweat test in the episode description also remember that in august there is a promo tts20 is the code that you can use to get 20% off any precision hydration products and big thanks to Roka. If you're looking for a new wetsuit, trisuit, swimskin, buoyancy shorts, uh, goggles, sunglasses and anything along those lines, triathlon apparel, Roka is uh, the brand to turn to because they really have the best uh, technology, the best quality premium products out there on the market. And uh, I say that as uh, as a user and a big fan myself. Since I'm recording this episode a bit in advance, I'm not quite sure yet if uh, ROKA's United Kingdom distribution has launched but uh, the latest I heard is that it would be launching mid to late August so it might just have started by the time that you hear this you'll find out I'm sure on ROKA's website ROKA.com but in any case you can order internationally on ROKA.com and uh, wherever you are in the world and you can use the promo code that triathlon show all one word, all caps, to get 20% off your entire order. Okay, so without much further ado, let's uh, talk with Matt Bevel, who is the director of coaching at Stride and about running with power. Today's interview on That Triathlon Show is with Matt, who is the coaching director at Stride, the company that makes the running power meters that uh, you may have heard of in previous episodes on this podcast. So Matt, welcome. Thanks, Michael. Uh, Glad to be on. It's uh, great to have you. We have a ton of topics, so let's just dive right in starting with race power planning. It, when we planned this episode, you mentioned that you think that most people are not at all using running power meters to their full potential when it comes to planning and executing races. So, uh, let's talk about uh, that. What what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, well, I mean right now we're we're at a point with running power where it seems Seems like we have um, a lot of new adopters. So people are, you know, using the device with their their training and at least collecting data, and that's a great start. And then, you know, basically there's this next step where they actually are following a training plan based on power and doing workouts based on power. Um, and this is kind of the intended use of it, right? And um, with that, you have coaches giving training plans on power. So you have a few training plans as well out there. And that's great. Um, but really to get the full benefit, uh, come race day, you know, in terms of pacing, uh, pacing strategies, pacing with power gives you this ability to really gauge your intensity throughout the entire course of a race. So if it is a marathon on changing, uh, terrain with changing Hills, uh, you can actually pace appropriately with, with power rather than pace or heart rate. Um, so that's, that's the step where I think a lot of people, uh, haven't got to, so they're they're collecting the data but they haven't really applied it and so we're trying to really promote and, and educate on the the racing with power um strategies and planning so so that's kind of where we're, we're we've kind of focused on the education side recently
1: so first a uh, simple question i guess uh, when you race with power uh, do you just try to keep as uh, even steven a power as uh, possible all the time when you come to a hill you will uh, try to keep that power at the same level whether it's uphill or downhill as you do on the flats or uh, what is there some variability to that what's your take on that
0: yeah it's a great question It, it, it uh i mean it depends right so um it it depends on the course it depends on uh, what your running style is. So, for example, if uh, if it's a course with varying terrain, where uh, very steep uphills, very steep downhills, um, you know, running up and downhill is a skill. Um, so, for example, in the downhills, uh, it's not as drastic as as cycling power, where your your power is going to drop just because you're more coasting and you're kind of spinning out downhill. Running, you still have to produce power to go downhill, right? So, you're you're leaning into the hill. Um, you're trying to keep up your cadence. So there's, there's a skill factor involved. And so what, um, you know, working with a lot of coaches, uh, that use, use stride is what they found most helpful in terms of prescribing. And, and you've actually had, um, Steve Palladino and, and Chris Hagon I believe before, yes is, um, yeah. In terms of strategies, I, I, I know Chris, um, you know, he's, he's fine with, um, you know, backing off the power on the downhills, say by 10 Watts. So he gives, he gives himself a range going downhill, um, to be within a target and he's okay pushing the power going uphill. Um, but, so that's just one instance of uphill versus downhill in in the course of a race. Um, on the, the super elite side, if you're, you know, training for maybe a 5k on the road, it's, you know, you're, you're still, you're more racing the, the competition. So it's, it's, um, you have to stay with that pack. You kind of get pulled into that, to that pack. So, um, it's kind of useful to look back afterwards as well to see kind of where your energy was spent during a race in terms of like the elite, very elite runners. Um, and then lastly with, with maybe for example, with trails, um, so trails, it's, it's trails and ultra, there's a whole another dynamic to it where you have a lot more lateral movements. You're, you're, um, maybe switching from running, uh, pure running uphill to actually hiking the uphill. And so it's, it's really a different movement in a different, um, I mean, different mini sport there. So you're, you're um, producing power differently. So you should have a different range for hiking the uphill versus running the uphill. And so that's what uh, interesting coaches are, are, are looking at right now. So Andy Dubois, is a trail ultra coach in Australia. He's, he's actually given a webinar later this week um, geared towards... Uh, that will probably be out by,
1: by the time. It will be last week by the time the listeners hear this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll add a link. Um, we can send you the link afterwards and people can watch that. And, you know, he, he'll explain how he breaks down, uh, race planning for, for the trails and ultra. So it's, it's very different. Um, but in the ideal world, you know, if you're going out for a straight road race, yes, you know, even effort, even power, um, simple, simple number target to aim for is um, simple and easy for you to understand. Um, yeah. And with, and with that, it's like, it's like uh, psychological as well. So you don't have to worry about, um, you know, the time based goal is, is kind of what I always go back to is you kind of separate yourself from the end goal and like trying to hit a specific mile split or kilometer split to reach your, your goal time and rather just focus on the moment and be kind of at, you know, what, what can you do at the moment and focus on your power target
1: yeah yeah that's a, that's a good point uh regarding if there are any more significant hills then uh, i have to say that i i personally do myself as an athlete and i also prescribe to my athletes that use power uh, this similar advice as as chris haig with allowing yourself to go a bit harder on the uphills but keeping it controlled most athletes still find, in my in my experience, that uh, they have to slow down much more on the uphills than they're used to, because they're used to running way harder, even though they don't know it, on the uphills. And then when they get their power meter, they see that they should slow down. But they don't necessarily have to slow down to that absolute uh, average power number if it is a fairly hilly race, because then it, it might just not be, be the most effective way to pace. Uh, that's uh, that's something that I agree with uh, with Chris on definitely, but uh, yeah, yeah. how how do you then come up with uh, with your number your target uh, number for a given distance uh, whether it's an an open 10k or an Olympic 10k or a Ironman marathon or something like that in cycling we have all these uh, these articles mm-hmm. out there with percentages of FTP do we have is there some similar resource or that we have for running with power.
0: Yeah, so I think it um, there's you know there's a range there. So um, you know, I don't think we're at the point with with uh, running as there is cycling with, you know, basically for half Ironman, you know, 80 to 85% your FTP on your bike is a pretty good range. Um, and even with that, there's there's some variation there, but you know, with running, so we can we can develop a basic profile and figure out um, very generally what what percentage of your threshold power um, you should be able to hold for a certain distance. So we ha- we have our own internal table um, that we kind of shared out as well. As the sort of the stride race planning table saying you know for for a marathon um, you know eighty nine percent or um, you know for five k one hundred five percent of your threshold, and that's that's based on the average runner. So with that, there's people who are going to be more slow twitch and, and then people who are here on the other side with more fast switch. So their kind of runner, runner, profile will change with that. So, um, then you have the, the coaches like, uh, like Steve and, and, and Chris, uh, and yourself who can kind of look at the runners, maybe running, running effectiveness and incorporate that into the race target. So you can really account for how much, um, energy you're, you're, you're utilizing when you're running, uh, producing power so you know it really c- comes down to what type of runner are you are you a you know a speed demon or are you are endurance type of runner because then your fatigue how much you will fatigue over different distances will change so um so we're at the point where we can give a, a really a, a basic idea and then with you know looking at their power duration curve looking at their training data and just knowing the athlete you can give a, a better target so you know it comes down to stride as as a useful is a is a really extremely useful tool for the coach. Um, it's not there to like replace the coach and just give you this number to follow. You still have to kind of apply that and look at the athlete.
1: Yeah. Yes. So so can you explain in a little bit more detail the the process that an athlete uh, and potentially with a coach can go through to to nail in that number let's say that you have a basic starting point i don't know if you have any number for any given distance off the top of your head like let's say use that as a starting point and and then walk us through an example of how you can then use workouts or whatever you do to to then uh, fine-tune that number that target race power
0: yeah so maybe we'll just use like a marathon um, for example, we've done quite a few of these at the actual marathon expos before. It is where we invite anyone who who uh, has a stride and maybe doesn't have a coach uh, to stop by our booth, and we can look through their data and try to develop a race plan, or uh, at least try to guess their their average power for their for their marathon, and we can get pretty close most of the time. Um, so for for marathon, like I said, it's eighty nine ninety percent of threshold is kind of a general starting point. Um, and then from there you can kind of go back and, you know, a look at power duration curve, uh, and B look at maybe some of the long run data and, you know, it it takes into account, you know, the RPE for, for those marathon runs. So, you know, at, uh, you know, 20 miles, you know, how was your nutrition? How, how, how are you, um, actually handling, uh, you know, running in certain types of shoes, for example, all those things that you need to practice in, uh, in sort of race simulation environments, you need to take into account and adjust your power target accordingly. So from there, you know, Chris, Chris gave a, um, Chris Hay gave a great webinar on triathlon race planning, and that's a lot more difficult because there's a lot more variables, obviously at play there. So you really do have to, um, you know, take advantage of race simulations in, in terms of tweaking the the power target. Um, so with marathon, you know, I, I think it's, it's more simple. You can uh, go out for your, maybe your, your if you're doing twenty mile long runs, right? Um, you can look at uh, your running effectiveness for marathon pace or marathon power. And then yeah. you know what 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 um what Steve and others have done is create calculators that incorporate your basically your, your running economy into your power race target. So they can really give you a good idea of um, you know what your average power would be for a certain target time for the for that distance.
1: Mm, yeah yeah i watched that webinar with, with chris and it's it's great and basically uh to make it uh make a short summary of it uh, it comes down to having like specific workouts where you where you work with your race intensity on the bike and then and then running at race intensity uh off the bike and, and trying to to see how that feels like does it feel sustainable and and that's uh to give a personal example uh, one uh, one athlete that i coach now is uh Trying to qualify for Worlds, uh, seventy point three in in a couple of weeks' time. We did. Uh, I was actually with him in Italy and uh, training together with him for for a week or so. And and uh, and he did, for example, a workout that was a very specific bike workout, long bike, two and a half or three hours with with a lot of race intensity in it. And then off the bike, he would run forty five minutes, go right into into his target race power, which uh, we estimated at uh, I think it was something like. 92 93 percent of ftp Mm -hmm. off the top of my head as a starting point but then we'll use that and uh, one more similar but 50 minute race simulation run off a hard bike to fine-tune is it sustainable can he go even a bit harder because i've seen some athletes go 95 96 percent potentially with uh, slightly underestimated uh, critical powers or functional threshold powers but still that's uh, that's why you need to do these test runs to see if it's uh, too easy or if it's too hard so mm-hmm. so that's really the the route that you you would go try to make these these simulation workouts and uh and fin- fine tune based on that yeah and and the running effectiveness we'll we'll link to the episode with with Steve as well because there are a lot of great calculators there so so people can go and have a look at that
0: yeah in terms of, of of quantifying it too it's you know with power you you really get the ability to um, more accurately adjust for those other external uh, environment, environmental changes. So if you're going to up to altitude or you're coming down to sea level, um, you know, that's one thing we're, we're doing a lot with uh, Joe gray. The, the trail runners is when we're looking at race planning for him, he's actually, you know, climbing, you know, a couple thousand feet uh, of, of uh, elevation in his races. So we're trying to um, account for how much power will drop as he rises and raises um, go, going up in altitude. So, um, you know, Steve also has a good article about the altitude conversions as well that we can we can link to.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's very very interesting. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything else with with race planning that we should go into, or should we move on to the next topic?
0: Um, I think uh, I think that's that's pretty good. I mean, I think there's lots of other applications to it um, as well. If if you're not racing, you know, based on a power target, you can always collect the data uh, via stride. And I think that's one of the um, big benefits as well as just being so simple to clip under your shoe and, and run with like a lot of the ITU, um, you know, athletes are kind of wearing it in, in races now because at the you know WTS series races, for example, where they're not wearing watches and they're not maybe getting, uh, splits or kind of race data from the run. They can simply like wear stride and then offline sync afterwards and their coach can look at that the data so that's a kind of a huge benefit there in terms of actually you know getting more information from that's very
1: interesting i I had no idea very interesting cool Uh, okay so so let's get into the next topic that uh that we discussed uh, a little bit before and that is how to train at the right intensity using power and we're not talking the right zone here but actually the specific intensity so can you talk about that
0: yeah and and this is um you know, this is very uh, similar to, you know, what we've seen with some of the, the ITU athletes as well as, um, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit before the podcast about different, uh, maybe the metabolic systems that, that people can, can use for, for testing. And, you know, there's, there's one thing to be in, the, be in the lab and collect a bunch of data on yourself. You can do lactate testing, metabolic testing, um, VO2 max tests, and then you get these numbers and then you go out and train. But with Stride, you actually can continue to collect information and, and, you know, relate power to lactate, relate power to your VO2 and, and see how your, your training is, is affecting these. Um, and, and the biggest benefit of Stride is that it's, you know, consistent changes in intensity. So, um, you know, whereas heart rate and others might change, you can actually, um, you know, follow your intensity with, with uh, power.
1: Can, can you can you explain that again because uh, uh I I'm not quite following uh so so can you try clarify a bit
0: yeah yeah so um for example some of the the tests we can do um is actually you know with with for example um lactate curves is once you you know it's probably one of the more accurate ways of finding uh, thresholds and zones is through lactate lactate testing and so what you can do is actually match up your lactate uh values or zones with power and so basically do lactate tests pair that with, with pair that with your power and train in very precise power zones and intensities so you know the the zones zones that are out there are um again they're kind of more general i think i i listened to the last podcast where you know, Steve talked about the different you know zones out there and you know there's every coach kind of has a different, uh, philosophy there, but they're, they overlap in some areas and then they kind of diverge in others. So, you know, strides, power zones are very, um, you know, basic and, and general, whereas each athlete, you know, their threshold zone might be shorter or larger than, than another athlete. So to really get the precise zone it, zones, you need to do some sort of tests that are more specific to you. So, like I said, if you do lactate tests, for example, and you compare those with power, you can actually train at sp- specific thresholds.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So now, now I'm following. So so similar to what uh, people have done in the past, but f- then in the past they would have followed heart rate, the heart rate that they would associate with a certain uh, certain uh, intensity, or for example with their lactate threshold or potentially pace. But uh, but now you can use power instead, which uh, which I think is, uh, in many cases, much better because if, in particular, if the test is done indoors on a treadmill, then I've seen in athletes that I coach, for example, that the paces that uh, they would get from the treadmill, even at a 1% grade and at a good uh, accredited lab that does the testing, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really match up at all with their perception of effort when they go out and run at that intensity. It can be way off either way. So, but with Stride, you can... uh, get the exact power on that treadmill and uh, and it's going to be the same uh, or it's going to be yeah it's it's going to be the same when, you, when you're going outdoors so the discrepancy is, is not going to be there that it, that has been in the past and same with same with heart rate really because uh, because of the environment indoors and no less convective co- or no convective cooling really since you're you're running in place and that sort of thing so so yeah that's absolutely uh, a very good very good point and but and also one thing that I think about is um, if we look at cycling for example, I often prescribe cycling workouts in not in for the athletes that that use cycling power meters. It's it's not zone five, but it's a specific, quite narrow range. So it can be one hundred fifteen to one hundred twenty percent FTP for some two minute short VO two max intervals. So so it's that small five percent window. And is that something that you see as? Uh, as an important use of power as well to get really specific with it.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, especially at, you know, higher uh, across all, all zones, really. Um, you know, we've, we've worked a lot on refining, um, refining our, our power to, you know, really reflect your, your actual energy expenditure. And so uphills and downhills is what we've really worked, um, a lot on. And we're now working on other, other areas as well, but you know, to really look back and get an accurate stress score based on your, your workout, whatever it may be, if it's sprints or if it's uh, intervals or tempos, um, you know, without the heart rate lag or without this these uh, sort of internal you know variation, to get an actual you know purely output stress score for running is is um, is huge
1: yeah yeah and so what i'm curious now since you mentioned some other things that you're working on in addition to uh uphills and downhills that you've uh you've accomplished and succeeded <laughs> with what what are these other things that you're working on
0: um so we we uh, re- recently um released the power hiking um update so for for trail and ultra runners when they are actually running and, and switching to hiking it's a, like i said it was earlier it's a different uh sort of activity and so We've had to uh, do some some more tests uh internally and we're constantly sort of uh innovating that that and to improve the you know the uh uh algorithm to re- reflect your energy expenditure so uh, power hiking was it was a huge one and now um you know we're constantly working on um you know the, the wind uh accounting for wind in our in our um product so uh there's 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 other things uh that we needed to improve on so it's uh yeah without saying too much we're we're constantly innovating and, and trying to improve the product
1: yeah <laughs> okay with the wind that's that's something that that i i'm <laughs> waiting for eagerly but can you tell us anything more about when that might be released and and also any insights into how much wind really does affect uh your your power
0: yeah so i uh, i mean I, and I i heard it mentioned in another podcast too is um you know wind isn't, isn't a huge factor until it is really, uh, strong, <laughs> strong winds. And the, and then it's, um, it's hard to compare. So, you know, as a running runner myself, like if I'm on the track and, uh, you know, I'm hitting headwind on the, on a one, one back straight and the, getting the tailwind in the, on the front, it's very different, but you know, power won't reflect that, uh, yet, but, uh, we're working on some exciting things to, to, to do that. So, um, stay tuned. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll do that. Uh, de- definitely email me when whenever that's out, and I'll announce it. Whether uh, <laughs> even if we we don't do a specific episode on that, but uh, it's uh, I think a lot of people have been asking me as well about about it in in the past. So so people are definitely interested in that because just because of the way it feels harder when you're running into the mm-hmm. wind.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're definitely so, working
1: on. It. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So one other thing that we that we have as topic for today is the the use of uh, the leg spring stiffness metric uh, that stride gives to identify fatigue uh, and uh, and how this can potentially prevent injuries or you can use that for uh, for injury prevention and and prediction and back off at the right time so can you talk about that
0: yeah what we've um you know seen with leg spring stiffness and that's you know one of the uh really exciting metrics that's that's out there now and to give some folks background on, on the on the metric is is um you know typically you you've only been able to measure that in the lab on a force plate treadmill and with stride you can now get that metric uh, and value for every run you go on and every step you take so uh, it's really kind of changed uh, a lot of things and a lot how a lot of um, athletes are training so you know what we've what we learned so far is is basically there's there's two types of stiffness. Um, you have passive stiffness and active stiffness, and passive stiffness is mostly related to the crosslink and, and collagen um, in the muscle joint uh, system, and then active stiffness is mostly related to the um, uh, elasticity of your tendon. So, so different runners um, have different passive and active stiffnesses, and so you know, for if you're looking at a marathon runner versus a sprinter you can see different patterns in there and how their stiffness will change with speed. So if you're a really veteran marathon runner, um, you you may not see like a drastic improvement in leg string stiffness, whereas a sprinter might have uh, ability to, to really increase their stiffness as their speeds are increasing. And this, and this will uh, influence kind of fatigue and the injury detection side of things as well. So um, basically uh, to some some extent, you know, without with more stiffness, you you might be at a higher risk of injury. Um, but it's also, you know, maybe uh, more efficient with that higher stiffness. So you, there's a balance there. Um, so it's it's looking like uh, that. You know, there's a middle ground and a sweet spot for each type of runner, and and we're trying to you know do some more tests on uh, how to detect that uh, change right now.
1: Yeah. And, and one thing that I think we talked about this with Steve as well, if I recall correctly, uh, and uh, and you also mentioned it in passing with identifying fatigue uh, at a given speed. So, for example, let's say you do that, uh, that 45, 50 minute 70.3 simulation of the bike mm-hmm. by looking at the, the leg spring stiffness chart you can see if it starts to uh, to taper off at any given point and and that's often a a marker of of this is where fatigue really starts to to set in and then uh, just monitoring that over time how it improves through your training that can give you give you an idea of how how you're improving your fatigue resistance
0: yeah yeah totally i've i've done you know uh, workouts myself on a, on a treadmill where um and i think I sent, you, I sent you the link to this workout actually is yeah i'm is, looking um, at it right now <laughs> yeah it's where um i was clearly uh fatiguing as the as the tempo went on and, and basically i i set this treadmill at a specific pace uh for 45 minutes and i was just trying to hit that workout and and, and produce uh it was about 300 watts um from that pace i was i was targeting and, and um, over the course of the <laughs> over the course of the tempo, I was really getting tired and really struggling, um, and you can hear my breathing, and uh, and apparently, yet yeah, you can see my my leg spring stiffness just dropping off and steadily declining um, from maybe around ten uh, kilonewtons per meter to maybe low nines um, towards the end. And what's really interesting is that if you switch on um sort of the other metrics so if you look at my cadence and ground contact time you can see how my uh cadence was actually increasing towards the end where I was you know still hitting the same power same pace in the treadmill just staying on the tra- treadmill literally um but my leg spring steps were dropping off my cadence was increasing and what was happening is my stride my stride length was basically decreasing so I was getting really short strides and so with that you know that's just one example that's kind of my own tell when i run is, is my, my stride length will, will shorten. And so the only way to maintain the same speed for this example was to increase my cadence. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, specific muscle patterns there that I could target. Um, and we're working on that next step.
1: I think this, like a lot of listeners, will be familiar with this experience from swimming, where uh, it's probably it's it's a lot more uh, more tangible. I think because the the difference can be so large. Because swimming is such a technical sport that uh, even mm-hmm. like as you get to, like a third of the way into your main set, you'll start to notice potentially that uh, if you're a less advanced swimmer, at least that you're uh, you're becoming more your stroke rate is becoming higher and you're not managing to be as efficient and and you instead have to have to compensate by increasing your stroke rate to keep keep the same pace and and then at some point maybe you're not anymore able to to keep that that go target pace and because you you can't increase your cadence anymore and your stroke is just becoming less and less efficient but uh, with running it's obviously uh, it is technical but it's less technical so it's more difficult to identify but here mm-hmm. we can do it with leg spring stiffness which uh, for anybody not familiar you can find it in your stride power center which any stride user will have access to so so it's uh, yeah. very very accessible for anybody
0: yeah, it's it's interesting the the parallels there. It's like, um, you know, one of the um, uh, really, really well known running coaches here in town. We we talk with him a lot, and he always uh, you know, informs us. It's you know, running is stride rate times stride length, and it's very basic in that sense. But but with like spring stiffness, you know, he likes looking at it as well because it's kind of very um, you know, it puts a magnifying glass on what's really happening with the athlete. So, um, and each athlete's different. So you can you can reach the same pace but by doing it differently so it's interesting yeah, exactly
1: and uh one, one more topic uh that we have is uh training muscular endurance and for triathletes uh even more so than runners i think this is this is a key component especially for those training for 70.3s and uh and ironmans uh, because they will be running on tired legs off the bike for a long duration so so it's really Really, one of the key key factors that goes into into a good good race, and I think that uh, using power to do muscular endurance training on hills is something that is now available to us in a way that it hasn't really been before, at least not in a quantifiable way. So, can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, like you you just yeah hit it uh, with being able to quantify, um, you know, actual stress, actual metabolic stress, and muscle endurance stress. Uh, one of the the things we provide on on stride's power Center is this sort of uh, the running uh, running spider chart breakdown of where you fall. So we look at your uh, metabolic endurance um, or sorry your metabolic fitness, uh, your endurance, and then your muscle power. So you can think of sort of endurance as you know how much stress can you accumulate during one run uh, so your, your sort of long runs of per week and then your muscle power being like sprints high end. And then, um, muscular, uh, metabolic fitness being total training load. But, um, I guess w- with the actual running, you know, hill workouts, like you said, it's, it's, it's targeting that muscle endurance, which you don't always, uh, can easily hit and a workout. I guess you either have hills or you have running off the bike, which is, which is another, um, you know, really good example of, um, looking at how your running style changes with, with triathlon, for example, if you're, Uh, after the swim and swim bike you're going to be running differently and so you you do need to practice that to some extent and know kind of what uh what your limit is running off the bike and 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 it'll depend too on on what you're doing on the bike too if in terms of high cadence low cadence right um so some athletes can can handle uh the muscle stress from from a lower cadence on the bike and still get their cadence up high enough on the run to, to run fast so with with hill hill workouts you know that's a great way to kind of target that that system and get your uh, body uh, uh, ability to to produce power uh, more efficiently. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, that's another great point with the low cadence work. That's because in cycling we've done it for so long; uh, it's completely natural to do like these, let's say, four times fifteen minute sweet spot mm-hmm. at a low cadence, and or do four times fifteen minute hill repeats. Uh, at a high zone free maybe a sweet spot intensity then there again it's a uh, pretty common to do those sorts of workouts and, and very very specific quantifiable muscular endurance workouts and and now we can do do this sort of thing with running i and another example from the my my training camp in italy with uh, the some coach athletes that i mentioned before is that we did like a, a tempo run or a long run uh, an hour and a half and as part of that we had 45 minutes of uh of high zone free running in in the middle of it, and we did uh, first we did ten minutes uh, on a, a gently sloping downhill, but then mm-hmm. for the last thirty five minutes was all uphill, and uh, uh, it was gently sloping at first, but then it got pretty steep towards the end. So so mm-hmm. without without power, it would have been first of all much more difficult to execute it at uh, at an even output, but uh, also we wouldn't really have known how well we did it or not well we did it unless we had that that power data to to look at it afterwards because it's just impossible to judge pace or to to draw any conclusions from pace data on, on those mm. sorts of workouts
0: yeah yeah that totally it, it it adds a convenience to training as well where you can um you know perform a workout anywhere in any environment and and that's kind of you know what we hope to provide to, to the athlete where you can you can do the, the tempos, you can do repeats, you know, across different terrain and, and not worry about adjusting your pace uh, on the go. You know, you see the, uh, the thing we talk about a lot is seeing the, the marathon uh, pace bands for specific uh, courses. And, you know, you're trying to change your pace target uh, for each mile, depending on if it's uphill or downhill, And you know, power kind of eliminates that issue and gives you one number to just to focus on in the moment.
1: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and also speaking of the different environments, treadmill, that's something that a lot of people use, but they're not often that well calibrated or at least not necessarily corresponding well to running outdoors but with power that also eliminates that factor you can just even even if you use a grade you can use a stride app and uh, set the grader and you will get uh, a power number that is the exact same as for the same output uh, that you would have had outdoors Uh, except for the wind of course if it's a windy day but uh, let's not bother with that (laughs) so
0: so, yeah you can you can uh...
1: Right. yeah so, sorry so so let's uh let's wrap up with uh, the future of running with power you well we've talked about a few things already but uh is there anything else that you can add about what you guys at stride have coming up and and what you where you think in general that this field is moving
0: yeah um you know in terms of you know where we think it's moving it's 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 um i think it's less guided by by us and more by the coach and athletes and uh, the people currently using the product so, I mean, basically the coaches, um, that we've worked with in the past have really, you know, steered the direction of the product to, to where it is today and sort of the metrics that we've, um, you know, tried to focus on. And we, just in this conversation, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, bringing up coaches, you know, Jim Vance, Chris Hague, Steve Palladino, yourself, um, Annie Dubois, there, there's so many coaches, uh, out there that have really pioneered the running power revolution and, and, have really pushed it to, to where we are now. And so we're, we're, we're continuing to follow that model. Um, and that's, you know, I didn't talk about this earlier, but that's, you know, that's kind of my role at stride is, is to work with these coaches and to communicate with them and hear, uh, their feedback and, and channel that to our, our team, a small team of engineers to, you know, who are constantly innovating and working on the the next, uh, feature for the, for the product. So, you know it's it's really guided by the athletes and, and, and coaches today and you know we're just trying to improve the product to help athletes improve and that's you know our main goal
1: yeah that's great and and for uh, for coaches you have a facebook community group that's uh, stride power coaching i think the name is so so there's a lot of great discussions yeah. going on there and and also for for athletes there is the Stride community group on Facebook, which also has a lot of great discussion, and and then we have the Independent uh, Paladino Power Project group that we talked about in the interview with with Steve. So there's a lot of uh, and these are really my go-to sources for for discussing and and learning about uh, training with power. So and a lot of great discussions, and and you at guys at Stride are are very good at uh, at being active and and responding to to feature requests and things like that. So so I really appreciate appreciate that uh, you do a great job with it.
0: Yeah, thank you. No, we have um we have great uh you know users uh that are they're that uh you know passionate about running and passionate about getting better. So it, it's uh it's motivating motivating for us when we hear like success stories and and you know how races go well with power and how guys have um PR'd by minutes after kind of being stale and and stuck at a certain uh you know time for for years. So that that's the type of stuff that really drives us and you know we love to see and promote. Yeah, yeah
1: totally okay so i just realized that i forgot to actually send you the rapid fire questions that i usually send in advance but uh so you're you're going to have to do this off the cuff and uh, keep the answers short and sweet to uh, one sentence or less uh, the first one is what's your favorite book blog or resource related to endurance sports uh book
0: resource for for running for running, running or endurance sports exactly Um, I, uh, you know, I'll go with like the, one of the first books I I, I read for, for running specifically was when I was in high school. Um, and that's the, um, Jack Daniels, uh, Jack Daniels book. So I'll have to go with that one for now. You
1: know, I, I thought you would say that. <laughs> and it, it was my first book as well that I read <laughs> in
0: terms of running or endurance sports. So,
1: so uh, I would probably have a similar yeah, answer. It could be a long list.
0: I, I, I hate to choose yeah. one.
1: <laughs> uh, what's your favorite piece of gear or equipment?
0: Uh, I'd say my stride.
1: <laughs> and in addition to stride, if you have to pick another?
0: um, That's a good question. I, um, You know, I've actually had the opportunity to test out those... Uh, nike four uh, percent vapor flies and um Ooh. those are those are interesting i i still i still am a, a sort of a uh i don't know i i still prefer sort of the natural maybe some pegasus pegasus nikes I might go to uh, training shoe. Okay, yeah and
1: finally who's somebody in running or endurance sports that you look up to
0: Um, so yeah, I alluded to this, uh, earlier, I think, um, you know, Bobby McGee, he's a coach here in Boulder. Um, he works with a lot of different groups of people and, um, you know, he's just had so much knowledge and I've worked with him a little bit in the past in terms of trying to get to where I want to be in triathlon. And he's, um, he's just, just a class act and is always, uh, so helpful. And he's been, um, just been a great resource for me and for stride as well in, uh, in Boulder. Yeah,
1: brilliant. So uh, finally, if the listeners want to learn more about Stride or yourself, uh, you you have your personal Twitter uh, profile, which uh, is... Can you tell your handle?
0: Oh, I, I'm not even sure my own Twitter handle. Um, it might uh, be... Well, well, we'll link to it. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Matt Bevel.
1: We'll, we'll find it. But, yeah. but for Stride, uh, it's... Uh, striderunning.com and uh or is it stride.com stride.com but stride running is your handle on social media on at least on twitter and i think on instagram as well and and we'll also link to those facebook groups that that i mentioned that i think are brilliant resources for anybody who is uh using using stride to to run with power so so everything will be in the show notes any any final things that you want to add matt before we close off this interview
0: Oh no that's great um you know i just you know want to highlight again the all the coaches that are currently you know using the product and and um you know they're the ones really driving the education and we're just kind of sharing their their information out so it's it's you know it's the guys uh, like yourself and and Steve and Chris and others that have uh, really been doing all the the really uh, interesting work and and just want to promote you guys as much as possible
1: thank you very much thank you I hope that you enjoyed that interview. I really enjoyed talking to Matt. It's uh, great to hear about Running With Power and how the makers themselves look at it. And also to, of course, to hear about what might be coming up in the future. Off-air after the interview, we talked a bit with Matt about the potential uh, for Stride to use uh, a lot of their user insights and uh, collective data from their user base to but they they could potentially do do quite interesting stuff with that in terms of uh, of training uh, training prediction or injury prevention and things like that to using big data and machine learning principles really to to come to some interesting conclusions but uh, that's of course a very big project so and uh, that's just speculation on my part so I'm definitely not saying that that's something that's uh, that's going to to happen anytime if at all but uh, Anyway, that's uh, there is a lot of potential, and there is uh, this space will keep moving forward, keep progressing. We're at the start of it, but it's already very, very useful, and uh, I do use it. Uh, whenever a coached athlete tells me that, uh, "Hey, I'm getting a stride power meter," uh, it's uh, it's it's really nice to hear that for me because I I know that there's is, there is a great value in that product, and I can use it to coach them even more effectively. So as usual, you can find the show notes for this episode on thattriathlonshow.com. If you have comments or questions, leave them on that show notes page. It's also linked to in the episode description. Remember to go and check out the giveaway as well while you're on the website. And it's uh, clearly linked to in the menu, or you can go to scientifictriathlon.com forward slash giveaway, which is also linked to in the episode description as well. So you can find it for sure. In the next episode, I interview Marco Altini from HRV for Training, and that is a fascinating interview about uh, HRV. We have talked about that before, but uh, now we go into more of the application side of things, how to really use it and uh, and benefit from it. So I've done that interview. I did it earlier today, actually, and uh, it was uh, super, super fascinating. I, I really enjoyed it. And... And I'm now looking forward to digging into my HRV data even more after talking to him. Oh, and I'm jumping a bit back and forth here, I noticed, but uh, I should mention that we'll also, of course, link to the previous interviews on Running With Power in uh, the description and in the show notes. And those are episode 59 with uh, Chris Haig and episode 90. Two, i believe with steve palladino both are very popular episodes and highly recommended listening so definitely check those out too if you especially if you're new to running with power and you didn't really understand what we're talking about then i would start with the chris haig interview and then move on to the steve palladino one and uh, then we can come back to or you can come back to listen to this one with matt all right big thanks to our sponsors first we have roca that you can find on roca.com if you need a new wetsuit or trisuit or swim skin or buoyancy shorts or goggles or sunglasses or triathlon apparel, they should be your go-to choice because they simply make the best products, which is why they are trusted by athletes like Javier Gomez, Gwen Jorgensen, Lucy Charles, Mario Mola, etc. You can find them on roca.com and you can use the promo code Show, all one word, all caps, to get 20% off your entire order. And big thanks to Precision Hydration for sponsoring this episode. I was out cycling today. Did uh, twenty times one minute VO2 max with uh, one minute recoveries, and it was pretty hot. And uh, and actually, I did not take my Precision Hydration at this time because uh, I was a bit in a bit of a hurry. I'm traveling tomorrow, so I just wanted to get out and get it done with and then get back quickly i didn't really bring any specific hydration and nutrition other than water just hurrying out the door and when i got back i noticed that my clothes were completely white with salt stains because i was sweating so much and losing so much sodium so uh, so i said right (laughs) gotta get that recovery going so took a precision hydration half a liter of of that or the ph uh, 1000 to try to try to get that hydration balance restored but uh, it goes to show you that if you don't take electrolytes in training even this was a two-hour ride so so it was fairly long but but not too long so uh, but but it makes a big difference in your hydration status and your electrolyte balance if you don't get those electrolytes in So if you want to get your Precision Hydration electrolytes for cheap, then use the promo code TTS20, which is an August-only promo where you can get 20% off your electrolytes. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.